What is the cost of staying the same? And if you do want to change, how do you get started? That's going to be the conversation today, guys. Welcome to Healing Through Pain, a show that dives into health and healing and how we can show up well for the responsibilities and opportunities that life sends our way. Thanks so much for tuning in. So welcome to the first episode. Um, I make no guarantees about how uh, refreshing or educating this will be. What I do make a guarantee of is that I try really hard. And so if it lands, awesome. If it doesn't, that's okay too. This is a work in progress for me. But I do want to welcome you. Uh, My name's Steph. I am a practicing counselor in the state of Michigan. I am also a uh, teacher. Um, Right now I'm teaching primarily 9th through 12th grade. I have taught as low as 5th grade uh, language arts and social studies, but I've also been teaching uh, freshmen through seniors at the college level, specifically in mental health and mental health awareness. That is very much where my uh, passion lies. I adore getting to engage with people over mental health. And that's really the scope of the show, starting conversations about mental health and really lending some understanding, you know, at least from my experiences and my perspective, about how we can show up as healthfully as possible and as uh, well as possible in the different uh, areas of life that are important to us. So at the top of the show, the question was posed, what is the cost of staying the same? And I'm going to do a follow-up question for that, and that is, if not now, then when? Um, we all are operating with, with goals and visions and dreams and expectations for our life, but there seems to be copious amounts of people that are sitting on the sidelines of their lives, and I'm going to include myself in that up until you know, even the, the last couple years here, where I was just kind of, you know, letting life ride the way it rides, and I was just a passenger. And the question is, if we do want things to be true about our life, at what point are we going to start being willing to put in the work to get the outcomes that we're interested in? So then the question becomes, what are the outcomes that we are interested in? Uh, One of my favorite activities that I do with my developmental psych class, so these are college freshmen, nope, I'm sorry, college sophomores, And it's kind of a macabre assignment uh, at the onset. I introduce it on day one, and I'm always so jazzed about it um, because it is one of my favorite things to understand about my students. But I ask them to write their own eulogy. And the, the goal of it is to begin this adventure that they're on in my class and going forward through the, the programs that they're in and not just saying, okay, what is the outcome of this particular venture? What's the outcome of these next three years of school? What's the outcome of once I have my degree? But I want them to look farther and farther and farther into the distance and say, you know, if I am blessed to live a a long and healthy life where I have influence in people's lives and I uh, use my gifts and talents well, what do I want to be said when I'm 75 or when I'm 80 or when I'm 90 or if I live to the ripe old age of 100 and suddenly there's a bunch of people who are gathered together in my honor or, or in remembrance of me and they have thoughts and opinions about who I am and who I was and how I contributed, what do you want their words to say? What do you want the general impression to be? What do you want your contributions to be? And it is kind of a macabre thought. Um, You know, number one, we don't actually get to directly um, control what, what is being said about us, but we really do get to heavily influence that. And that's what I encourage my students to think through. What do you want to be true, not in the short season, in the short term, but in the long term, in the marathon of life? What is the expectation that you have for yourself? And the questions are, I keep saying the question is and the questions are, I guess there's a lot of questions going on here, but um, what I want you to kind of wrestle with is 
what do I want to be said there? And am I actively working towards it? Am I wanting to be remembered as someone who is very giving? In my current life context, am I charitable? Am I giving of my time, of my resources, of my uh, talents? If at the end of life you want someone to say about you, wow, they were very compassionate, then the question is, what are you doing today that demonstrates compassion? You are actively creating your legacy. What are you doing to make sure that what's said at your eulogy is being practiced today, even if your eulogy is going to be read 50 years from now, because you are actively developing the influence that you have in other people's lives right here, right now. So the question is, again, the questions, um, but the, the thought that I want you to kind of wrap yourself around today is, am I living into that particular vision I have for how I want to influence people? And if you are, great level up, keep going. If you're not yet though, I would wonder when are you going to start? When are you going to take your foot off the brake? And when are you going to put your foot on the gas? And when are you going to decide to start living within your purpose or within your calling or within the vision that you have for your life? Because here's the bummer, even if your eulogy is 50 years away, you know, theoretically, that's what you're anticipating. We don't get to guarantee that, right? We, we don't actually get to have the assurance that time is on our side. And so at the very least, I would assume there's a modicum of urgency to figure out your purpose and your calling and how to start living within it today, just in case you only have today. I actually use this line of thinking quite often in my own life. And again, I, I realize that it borders outside of what uh, comfortable thought processes might be for people. But one of the things I'm very diligent about is loving people in my life quite loudly and letting them know um, really in the cheesiest and kind of, I feel like I'm a weirdo quite often, frankly. Um, but I have zero problem reaching out to people and just saying, you're amazing. I value you. Thank you for your contributions to my life. And I do that on the regular through texting, through conversation, through random Facebook messages, through letters in the mail sometimes, because that's still a thing. Um, but it happens regularly because I don't ever want to leave this earth without people understanding the value that they've brought into my life. And so that's something I'm very intentional about is kind of wrapping myself around human mortality and understanding that not only is the end for sure going to happen, but there's a there's a, a very excellent chance in many of our lives that it's far more premature than we would have anticipated or wanted. And so I often live with the end in mind because that end is so, um, I mean, it's, it's lurking, it's there, it's going to happen. And so, as, as I said with, you know, one of the questions is, if not now, then when are you going to get started? When does it make sense to start cultivating the talents that you've been equipped with? When does it make sense to start holding yourself accountable to living intentionally? When does it make sense to start shedding excuses that are holding you back? And again, I do say this without an ounce of judgment because I realize in my own life how long it took me to take my foot off the brake. Now, to be candid, I've had my foot on the gas pedal since I was about, well, professionally 12 years old I, is when I started generating income. Um, but I've, and I've been a workaholic, you know, this whole time. Um, so I've had my foot on the gas pedal. I don't ever doubt that. 
but simultaneously I had my foot on the brake pedal as well and I impeded a lot of things in my life due to my own lack of awareness, due to my own lack of ability, due to my own insecurities. There's many places in my life that have been held up because I wasn't able to do the work or I wasn't willing to do the work or I didn't understand the work that was supposed to be done. And so I've had to ask myself that same question. As soon as I realize something is off with my life or as soon as I realize there's a responsibility put on my shoulders, when am I going to start doing the work? And thankfully, I've been positioned in life right now to be surrounded by so many just bold people, so many um, talented people, so many encouraging people, and they hold me to a standard and they continually say to me, okay, you have this vision, go forth and do. And I'm like, well, but maybe, and they're like, go forth and do, this is your shot, take it. And when the next shot comes, you have to take it again because those are the talents that you have and those are the expectations that are on your life right now. And so that's what I ask you to consider about your own life. If you have a goal, a vision, a dream, something you want to be true, if you're not going to start it now, what's the plan? When are you going to start stepping forward into that purpose or into whatever you feel is, is the calling placed on your life? Let's look for a quick minute. If your foot is on the brake pedal, again, that is not any type of judgment on your life. That is not any type of challenge to you and to the space that you're in right now. What that verbiage does is it helps posture us towards an understanding of if I needed to take my foot off the brake to move forward, who could I enlist to help me with that? And that's one of the pieces that I'm most excited about in, in the work that I get to do is I'm a liaison between people and strategies. I'm a liaison between information and outcomes. I'm a liaison between people who need help and eliciting help. And that is probably one of the things that's coolest about the life I get to live is if you understand that you have to take the foot off the brake pedal, there are strategies and there are mentorships and there are people that you can enlist on your side to help with that. And so if you are stuck for right now, okay, it makes sense. There's probably a life context there that very much explains why you're stuck. That's what we do in therapy. We understand what are the impedances to moving forward, and then we systematically remove the barriers. That's what I have to do in my own life. That's what I watch friends do in their own lives. When we understand that there is a an issue to moving forward, we enlist help to move forward, or we enlist strategies, or we practice something differently. Because it's not about judging immobility, it's about not remaining immobilized. And one of the best ways to start moving is to enlist the help of others who are skilled and who are a few steps ahead of you on the journey and who can help guide you. In most success stories that I'm aware of, two key ingredients have to be a part of their narrative. First, they have to believe that change is possible and that healing in their journey is possible. So that's kind of the primary um, issue for some people is they're immobilized because they don't actually believe that change works. They see that it's true in other people's lives, but maybe they don't have a historical frame of reference in their own story that hard work pays off. And because that's true, you might need to enlist someone to help you who believes in you and who believes in your potential when you don't see your own potential. But you have to believe that you can change. If, if you don't even have the belief in that, there's zero motivation to start walking forward towards a goal or towards a vision. 
And then the second thing, and again, you know, I'm going to say often that this is the most important thing because I do feel like uh, many of the things that I, I say feel important to me at least, but you have to get to a posture where you're willing to accept help and where other people are allowed to walk with you. If you disallow other people from knowing your struggles or you disallow other people from being invited into your story, not only is that road lonely, but that road is going to have limitations. Um, one of one of the ways I've heard it referenced is that, you know, we get to stand on the shoulders of those who come before us. And when we do that, we get a broader reach. If you choose to not stand on anyone's shoulders and you choose to be a lone wolf, maybe you'll have success. That's absolutely possible. But imagine the success you could have if you invited other people in, in a very um, discerning way, invited other people to walk with you. And so let's sit for a minute in the idea that every listener here has a vision or an understanding of what they want to be true about their life. They're writing their eulogy. They're understanding the character that they want. They're understanding uh, what contributions they want to make to the world around them. But there's a brake pedal being pushed and, and they're not sure that they want to start the process of change. Then the kind of the wrap up question is, if not you, then who? If you have a purpose, if you have something in your heart that is propelling you forward, you have some sort of mission that you're on and you decide to hold the brake pedal down, who's going to step in and do the work that you desire to do. And it's it's something that is, for me, quite alarming how many people come to this world and then leave this world without stepping into what their true mission was. And that is something that I think every listener, I think every person, frankly, needs to really wrestle with. If I'm not going to live within my purpose, who's going to pick up the slack? Who's going to contribute with my unique gifts and my unique talents and my unique abilities? And unfortunately, I think the answer is no one because each of us are so unique and we bring so many just interesting facets to to the world. And, And when we disallow our contributions to take place, there is a cost. And so what is the cost of staying the same? Well, disappointment, regret, frustration, but not just for you, for your families, for your communities, for your friends. When we engage a a life of um, complacency, when we decide that that's what we're called to or or that's acceptable, we're not just living outside of our purpose, we're, we're really kind of letting down those who should be able to depend on us. And so that's kind of the, you know, the wrap up for today is thinking through what do I want to be true about my life? Not in just the short term, but in the long term. What's the cost of staying the same? Thinking through the logistics of if I'm always keeping my foot on the brake and I'm disallowing myself to move forward and I'm choosing to stay immobilized, what's the cost of that? Because there is a cost, my friend, not just to you, but to those who could really benefit from the blessings you have to offer. And so think through that, wrestle with that. And, you know, as we come to a next episode and we start talking about, uh, you know, what healing looks like, what grief looks like, what stepping into purpose looks like, um, you know, I, I just invite you to start kind of going inward with this and not thinking, well, how could, 
my child do better? How could my spouse do better? How could my friend do better? But start thinking, how might I be able to do better? Because we all have opportunity daily to do better, whatever better looks like within the skills and the talents that we have. So as we wrap up, thank you so much for taking the time to tune in. Your um, willingness to listen is so appreciated. And I hope that you are willing to share this if you found it useful. And I will see you again soon.